Hello everybody, it's me, Luke, the Strip Club DJ, and welcome into another episode of One Two Review. I'm alongside my buddy Alex. Hello! Hi everyone. And my East Coast heavy hitter, Brandon. Hey, that's me. I'm Brandon. This is a little podcast where we rate and review movies in the simplest way we could come up with. Two points if we liked it. One point if we didn't. We rate films until we get to 20 points. Then we call it a day. Hit it. Hit what? Hit the intro. One. Two. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get right into it. The first movie of the week we are reviewing for you is a fun film called Buffet. This movie came out in 2004. It's directed by Ham Stewart. It stars John Turturro, Poyas Breaker, and Andy Milanakis. Here's the tagline for you. Three wannabe criminals bite off more than they can chew when they rip off an all-you-can-eat buffet. So, before I ask what you guys think of this film, I'm going to tell you, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Andy Milanakis. I have some issues with the ending of the film. I'm sure you guys had the same sort of similar issues. But for the most part, I thought it was an enjoyable ride. Um, I think this is going to be an interesting review. Go ahead. What did you guys think? Um, I used to go to buffets a lot as a kid. In fact, the buffet was one of my favorite places. We had Hometown Buffet, we had Furs Cafe, and we had Golden Corral. So there was like three buffets that I used to go to as a kid, and I loved them so much. And so that's an environment that I very much enjoy. It's like if you like bowling, you're going to love the Big Lebowski. So immediately I was drawn in by the buffet, by the location alone. And I think Ham Stewart, who directed it, also wrote it. And I think I have a feeling that he grew up with a similar kind of background because he's our age. So, yeah, again, I was drawn in the film. I enjoyed it as well. He definitely captures the vibe of the buffet, the mediocre food the the desperate ambiance of trying to get all you can and i mean logically thinking if you think about three desperate criminals this is sort of the place they're going to end up because this is where all desperate eaters end up you get the most value at the buffet and there's a lot of potential for scam you know, you got pockets, you got bags, you can go home with some extra food, you can go home with some extra cash. <clears throat> um, I don't know if it's the most profitable business to rip off, which is where a lot of the comedy comes into play. Tr- trying to rip off the customers of a buffet, it's uh, it's hilarious, you know? Andy Milanakis going around shaking people down in his Hello Kitty face mask. I mean, obviously, he's the... He's the, the 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 comedic the stoner, break the comedic yeah yeah the comedic break for this movie having people pull out coins you know and then he he picks through them this is uh, half of this is canadian money you know it's good stuff i agree with you it is good stuff until we get to the big twist at the end of the film uh yeah, we find out, the, spoiler alert, we find out that Andy Milnakis' character is actually a millionaire and that he owns the whole chain of buffets that they're trying to rip off and that he's kind of infiltrated this little group to try to just experience something dangerous, you know, but having it be safe because it's his own buffet. And he gets shot in the end by the robbery, you know, or by the police uh, mm-hmm. when they're trying to break up, when it turns into eventually a, a, a robbery, when they pull out their guns and they hold up the whole place. It spirals out of control a little bit. 
And yeah, I had issues with it as well. I don't feel like it was necessary. I thought the film could have stayed at the lighthearted level that it was the whole time. Like Luke said, it was good stuff. It was good stuff. You got to love it when it goes dark. And I mean, that scene where the customer is so hungry and so desperate that he reaches for that rib on the floor and it's a big beef rib, kind of looks like a gun, shakes up the the robber, shakes up John Turturro's character and he caps him in the leg. The whole place freaks out and goes nuts. Salad starts flying everywhere, dressing on the walls. And then, of course, as we know, Andy Milanagas' character gets shot by the police in sort of that uh, hostage situation where they're holding the uncut cake, which, I mean, at a buffet, if you can get firsties on something, that's really the prime real estate. If you can get firsties on the fried chicken or if you can get firsties on some shrimp at a buffet, that's really... I mean, that's that's a mad dash. That's a gold rush. I like that first slice of pizza. The first slice, yeah. Uh, it it's should, amazing. It should maybe be said that John Turturro's character, when he uh, does fall down, his he lands face, face into the pudding, the big chocolate pudding bowl, which was always my favorite. And so it was nice to see that as kind of the, uh, the, little, the little cherry on top of the film because I was waiting for that. I was hoping they were going to put the pudding in. You can't you can't have a buffet without the dessert buffet, including the pudding, the soft serve ice cream, all the toppings, gummy bears. Who puts gummy bears on ice cream? That's like the I worst do. idea. I do. You do it at a buffet. You don't you do it anywhere yeah, else. Yeah, that's true. So one thing I don't know if did, did you guys notice? I'm sure you did. You guys are smart film film viewers. If if you watch the whole film, they kind of go through the courses of the buffet as the film progresses. You know, they're doing the little early coin coin tricks and all of that kind of ripping off people stealing watches and stuff that's kind of at the early the salad area of the film and mm-hmm. then it goes mm-hmm. into the dinner stuff and then by the end we get our dessert so i appreciated that that the film itself is a buffet of uh, cinematography i thought it was strange that they had a whole potato section did you guys have a potato section in your the local at the golden buffet? at the golden corral had a potato section but none of the other ones so i don't know if potato that's bar. Like a potato potato, a potato bar. bar yeah yeah any kind of potatoes you want. Uh, yeah, I think that's kind of a bold move, and that's really where the group gets shaken up. After their second course, after their second plate, uh, they go for that potato bar. I think that's a terrible move. I think, honestly, the potato is a big distraction and a big money saver for a lot of buffets. So I think Sounds that's like where the... Fill you fill you up. That's what yeah, it does. Yeah, it fills yeah. you up, and it, it saves the buffet it saves the restaurateurs a lot of money on prime rib shrimp and pizza so i think that's really the pivotal point in the movie where the group starts to come unraveled once they have their potato bar they double down on sour cream bacon bits and um they're overfilled so they can't think straight they're not because they come in with that salad mindset and after that third plate the third potato plate it's just um they're just a, a a slog slog down mess. Yeah, until the meat meat corner comes. All right, yeah. let's not spoil any of the meat stuff because that is a great scene. The whole it's like a, that is a good a fun fifteen reveal. minute scene in the meat, the steak section. Or right. anyway, hey, that's you guys. Well, I know, to- I know, I know. We did spoil a lot of big parts of this movie. I mean, we kicked it off by spoiling the ending. Yeah, but for the listeners, for the one to review users, you got to know they did save room for uh, dessert. So yeah, keep that in mind. Yeah, uh, I'm ready to rate it. Are you guys? 
100%. All right, yeah, I'm going to give Buffet a two. Like I said, it, it brought me back to a lot of old memories and growing up there and eating uh, the soft serve and the swirl cone and all that stuff. So I love, oh, shit, I kind of just did spoil I did just spoil it with the swirl cone. Anyway, don't forget I say anything about swirl cone. Uh, check out this film. Two points for Buffet. Buffet, uh, a little disjointed with its tone and shift in tone near the end. But overall, the subject matter is something that movies don't really touch on. Andy Milnakis was great. A lot of fun. So two points from me for Buffet. Yeah, blast from the past. I don't see Andy Milnakis enough anymore. Do enjoy his work. Do enjoy most of this film. Unnecessary the ending. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It was, it was interesting. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give it two points. All right, that's six points. As you may or may not know, each week I want to review, we take uh, the points that we give each film, we add them together until we get to 20 points, and then we call it a day. And each week we have a different way of keeping track of those points. Uh, this week, I'm actually not super sure what we're doing doing i think we have something to do yeah, with the so basketball the dark and, with this one. oh yeah yeah so we're going to be shooting hoops or something like that uh i think you guys have the rules more specifically so i uh, pass it to you guys oh uh-oh oh no guys all right the lights just went out in the room here and uh i think i know what that means Surprise! Surprise! Oh, come on, guys. Yep. All right. It's my Alex. it's my birthday. Alex, birthday. it's your birthday. Yep. You, All right. You thought you could slip it by us. Yep. Guess what? I didn't want to do this. Uh, I added your birthday to Google Maps so everybody knows. I really just wanted to shoot some hoops or whatever, whatever we're going to do, whatever you said we were going to do. But We'll shoot hoops. We'll shoot hoops. We'll fine. get to that. Fine. Modest Alex yeah, never yeah. wants to celebrate the day of his birth. What a glorious day that was. We, we thank you and your parents. Yeah, I'm glad for that. Yeah, so uh, we got you a little, we got you a little cake, and since you don't like all the fanfare, you know, you just like to take it easy on your birthday. We got you a little cake, yellow cake with white frosting, and we're gonna stick some candles in it to represent your points, because you're apparently, today, even though you're not, you're gonna turn 20. Oh, sweet. Nice, little time travel. I'll take it. Making it extra no special. No cool. drinking. Wink, wink. No <laughs> drinking. Uh, all right, so we're gonna pop six of these candles on. Oh, these are nice candles. What are these? These are Brooklyn, Brooklyn candles? Brandon sent in some, some... I sent a variety pack. Okay, yeah, so the first package, those are all from Brooklyn, locally sourced here, just actually a few blocks from me. They're a good price. So, yeah, right. they, they, they're made from old pigeon feathers. They made pigeon feather wax. So it's Yeah, uh, for, for what they're made for, totally reasonable price. All yeah. right. All right, let's put six of these on there then. Six of these Brooklyn. I'm going to put one of each color. They come in a rainbow of colors here. So these are great. Cool. Whatever you want. It's and we your don't, birthday. All right, and we won't light them yet, I'm assuming. We'll just leave them in there. No. All right. We'll save that for the end. All right. Well, very nice, guys. Thank you so much. Great. So, Thanks. Alex, let's celebrate your birthday in a monetized way and kick a sponsor. Hi, guys. Brandon here. I just wanted to take a second from the podcast and let you know about this amazing book I've been reading lately. It's called 500 Descriptions of Diarrhea by Brett Wellers. It's his companion piece to the New York Times bestseller, The Last Excuse You'll Ever Need. Telling people you have icky tummy just won't cut it anymore. You add the right amount of detail to your story with a helpful guide to the porcelain ride. Wellers introduces new concepts like the kombucha luge and calls back classics like the both ends paradox. You can flip to any page in the 500 descriptions of diarrhea and you'll have everyone begging you to stop talking and just stay home. 
Hardcover editions are available for $24.99 and include a free audiobook download read by comedian Bobcat Goldsway. Order now. All right. Thank you, Brandon. All right. Our next movie on the docket is called Inside the Actor's Studio, the movie. And pretty self-explanatory here. This is a movie recreation of our favorite, one of our favorite shows, Inside the Actor's Studio. Um, boys, any first impressions on Inside the Actor's Studio, the movie? Simple premise, but uh, actually executed very well. And it's basically like a highlight reel of these new up-and-coming actors to portray some of our classic favorite moments from the scene, you know. When Robin Williams says what his favorite sound is or what uh, what the sound that uh, Chris Klein hates, you know? Yeah, Christopher Walken's five-minute silent stare that shook the students at the inside of the actor's studio. studio. I like the scene when Tom... Which was t- actually portrayed by Adam Hamburger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Newcomer Adam Hamburger. Bad boy Adam Hamburger back again. Uh, I like the scene when Tom Hanks gets angry. That was good because that's something we never see from him, you know? When he pushes the chair. Yeah, I think maybe a little miscast by Channing. Channy. We call him Channy. Mm-hmm. I like that Christopher Walken was played by Kristen Wiig. I like that they did some of that cross-casting, some gender bending, some uh, racial bending. Can you say that? I don't know if you can say that. Anyway. Sure. Some, uh, and this is pure acting. Casting. This is no CGI. This is a little makeup, but this is mostly just entirely acting. This is traditional face muscle control. Yeah, it's exactly it's exactly what you would expect from the forces behind the inside of the actor's studio uh, regime. You know, written by students, uh, over overseen by James Lipton himself. The script was actually a nice amalgam of the minds uh, at work there, and I think it it really came out in like Brandon was saying, the purest approach to this film. Uh, for the record, if you are not a fan of Inside the Actor's Studio, you, you might not like this film because it is really, it's about the actors. It's about seeing these young, and like I said, Kristen Wiig's in there. There's, there's some like older, more established actors. Not that she's old, but you know what I mean. Some, some people that do have some celebrity, but a lot of these actors are not known at all. And it's just this great opportunity to see these people embody characters that you know so well. You can really see them shine. So this is a film about acting and watching acting in its purest form, I, I think. I don't think there's much of a plot for people that you know don't know these moments that we're referring to. Yeah, I will say I question my own kind of sanity when I had to look up after the fact that that was, in fact, not James Lipton playing himself, no. but Danny DeVito. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He does an incredible job. He's got... Incredible. Like, I I was kind of shaken. I was like, wow, that's acting. They put him closer. He's three feet closer to the camera than any of the other actors in it to make him appear, like, to make his size, because he is literally a, pre- a pretty short, small guy. So they did that kind of hobbit trick by putting him up closer. The special effects to get that James Lipton look out of DeVito was really impressive. Simple stuff like adding heightening shoes and adding extra hand length by having him hold two prosthetic hands for his gestures. And, of course, the the gray hair. Um, It was all amazing. Like Brandon said, I didn't even know that was DeVito until someone in the movie the person in the row in front of me whispered to their friend, you know, that's DeVito, that's Danny mm-hmm, DeVito. Mm-hmm. That was, that's the yeah. penguin. I I loved, 
that and if you you might not have noticed because they they hardly ever hit them with the camera or they do they do quite a bit actually but they're pretty well hidden anyway that the, the audience is all of the actors that are being portrayed so in the audience is actual tom hanks and all these people are playing audience members watching these young actors perform impressions of them it's you know it, what a cool just thing such a meta to that and that yeah. they're not watching as themselves it's not denzel washington watching He's playing an audience member watching a young actor play Denzel Washington talk to Danny DeVito, play James Lipton, and it's spot on. Yeah, and what a what a refreshing thing because we see um, we see Denzel in so many hard ass roles. He's a tough guy. He's a man's man. To see him as this trembling, scared film student asking questions to these gods of actors is really a is really a, an, an example of of Washington's uh, diversity and his his fluidness in, in able to pick up these these weaker roles I mean then and then at the same time, it was a lot of fun to see the behind the scenes or at least a recreation of the behind the scenes at the show and how James Lipton is kind of a goofball. He's a real ham and he's a flirt, too. Um, and, you know, ladies love him. He has a lot of fun backstage. And, you know, I, I was expecting to see a lot of drugs behind the scenes inside the actor's studio. It just seems kind of like a wild place. And they deliver. There's a lot of a bong hits, a lot of cocaine as well. So, I mean, like like I say, and like we always tell our one-two review users, we don't endorse drugs. Cigarettes are okay every now and then, but it is fun on film. On film, it's enjoyable to live vicariously. Absolutely. And I will say, get your tickets. The Roadshow is going on tour. You can actually see this live in uh, a lot of big cities. I know it's coming to L.A., it's coming to Boston, it's coming to Amarillo, it's coming to New York. Go ahead and pick up your tickets. It should be a great show. All the young actors, the old actors, they're all going to be there. They're all going to be playing the parts. And you can play your part in being the audience member watching the audience. Yeah, I mean, you talk about how meta can you get. They're going to be projecting the film behind the stage as the film is acted on the stage and in the audience too so it's like you're going to have this double down effect you're going to be getting twice as much of this movie at the same time three times as much i don't know 10x because you're in it too so that's definitely an experience to check out tickets are a little pricey but uh, well worth it you're, you're breaking boundaries you're doing new stuff there so well worth it well you guys ready to rate inside the actor's studio of the movie Solid two points. Check out the road show, guys, and check out this film in theaters. Again, uh, two points for me, but only if you're if you like acting. If you're really into acting, this is this is amazing. This is absolutely the divineness of that. So check it out if you like to watch actors act. Two points. A solid two points for me. Absolutely. If you're an actor's actor, this is for you. As Alex said, enjoy yourself. Enjoy the spirit of acting let it take you over uh also though enjoy the roadshow enjoy that aspect of it. enjoy breaking boundaries a low enjoy you know the whole meta aspect of this and get involved uh two points for me great that's six points for inside the actor's studio the movie uh let's chalk up those points happy birthday alex thank you thanks happy 20th thank you and thanks for being such a good sport with that surprise 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's not my 20th yet. It looks like it's my 12th right now. It's my 12th birthday because we've got putting on six more candles here, right? Yeah, I sort of ran out of time and I had to go to just the local Goodwill and I picked out a grab bag of candles. Luckily, they had a bag of used candles. So I know you like rare and and homely items. So you can pick out you can pick out a couple and pop them on there. Cool, yeah. While we're uh, while he's putting those on, tell us some of your favorite memories of Alex. How'd you meet Alex, Luke? Um, we were playing, and he kicked the kickball into my teeth and knocked out one of my loose teeth when I was nine years old on the soccer field. And uh, at first, there was a lot of tears. It was a lot of sadness. You know, when you're a kid, you get shooken up by that kind of thing. But Alex brought me a nice cold orange slice to stick on my, my bleeding gum, and that helped a lot. And so... Ever since then, we we were friends, and um, I got back at him the next year and kicked a ball into his face on purpose. I I used to hold a grudge when I was younger. But I lost an adult tooth. You just lost a baby one. Yeah. Because mine hadn't come in that next year. My my parents ended up having to pay for that, which was I don't I didn't think your parents really had to get the gold tooth for especially for a kid. It looks weird. I didn't keep kid. it, man. I didn't keep it. Yeah. I know they, uh, I, well, at least the town myth is that your parents pulled it out and cashed it in. I mean, that's the truth. I mean, that's I mean, the they truth. took it out that's and gold. then we, we sold it. Yeah. And then, yeah, I just got the porcelain one, but yeah. A little unethical, but whatever. I did it out of rage and, and a grudge. So I think yeah. the universe is back at balance. Yeah, it's fine. I'll On a side note. I know it's your birthday, and I know this is probably a story for another time, but you've hurt a lot of our friends, Alex. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Seems like a common thing. I'm, yeah. s- I'm glad you haven't hurt me yet. Yeah. I, I lash out. Uh, it's all accidental. I mean, it's it's subconsciously not accidental, but consciously it's a super accident that I've hurt any of you guys. He's always quick to apologize and try to remedy the situation as well. Like and that's what matters. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm sure we got the six candles on there by now. Yep. There we go. Well, you know what that means. It's time for... Uh, Yep, sponsor train, here it comes. Uh, this is an urgent alert for parents. This is Lieutenant Hale. Uh, local children in the area have been spotted drinking from tide pools. This is uh, very harmful for the environment. If you see a child near around a tide pool in your area, please alert local authorities. Uh, some of these children have even been hospitalized. Uh, this concludes the urgent alert brought to you by the LAPD. And thanks again for your cooperation with the Sparkle Escapades Initiative on the 17th. Uh, once again, this is Lieutenant Hale. Uh, stay safe. Thanks, Lieutenant. Thanks, Lieutenant Hale. Man, you know, a lot of people have take issue with LAPD, but man, they've got one of the hardest jobs in America. So God bless them. And I hope they stay safe. Of course, we give them all these urgent alerts for free. It's part of the Give Back to the Community program that you guys, I know, signed up for. And I think it's it's good. It's for the better. All right. The next film that we're going to review is, was recommended to us by fan of the film, musician Abso Facto. The film is called John Visker's Owl Party 2. This film stars Edward Evans and Mary Gillespie in the kind of lead roles in it, but it's, it's an ensemble cast. I'll read the synopsis here. The Owl Party gets back together for a trip down memory lane and a trip into space in this fun-filled adventure starring the original cast and crew of Owl Party 1. I will say this film confused me a little bit, and maybe I was left out of the loop by not seeing Owl Party 1. Did you guys have any thoughts on Owl Party 2? Yeah, you didn't Owl have- Party 2, 
Go ahead, Luke. You didn't have to see Owl Party 1 to see Owl Party 2. Exactly. Uh, once again, another one of these movies that you know what you're getting into, okay? Um, but this, of course, this time it's in space. So really, it's just, just like all these sequels, they just take the original movie and add a, a shape-shifting element to it. So putting the owls in space, having the party in space, it just makes it a little more fun, a little more exciting, and a great opportunity to cash in on, on some high-quality CGI. Well, of course, this also has the gimmick that it's bringing back the original crew, and it's supposed to be, you know... F- 35 40 years later so i mean it has that going for it too which i think a lot of the more modern recent reboots don't have going for it so the fact that you get to see some of these actors return to screen for the first time in itself i I thought was pretty enjoyable yeah so again i'm I'm confused since i didn't see owl party one that's a film from over 40 years ago right owl party one right it's from the 60 no no from the 70s i guess and so yeah, it was starting kind of was, like think of it kind of like the little rascals but instead okay of that, they're that's kind of little owls that's kind of what i gathered cool so it was these right. this group of boys and girls that called themselves the owls it seemed like they did have a dog and they had a cat right and and then so this was they so now this is them returning they're now old people and then they get shot into space i didn't understand why they were going into space I didn't understand why it seemed like they were, like you said, kind of like a Rugrats, kind of like a Sandlot kind of gang of kids. So I missed the link of why they were going to, into space. Well, this movie is so slapsticky and poorly written. They don't do a lot of explaining. It doesn't explain itself very well. I, I will give you that. And in that aspect, it is very confusing. But they're using this, this 70s language, but I don't. He's like, hey, Daddy-O, I don't got the grits to make it happen here on the big on this big blue ball. We got to get up to space. So I think what he meant was it's cheaper in space to throw a party. Once you get out there, it's it's a lot less expensive to throw a party in space. Yeah, I got I got that. That's what the film was telling me. But I didn't understand why that was. I didn't understand the economics or whatever of why that was happening. Well, why not? It's a sequel. Go big or go home. All right. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, you guys seem like you enjoyed it. I just felt a little out of the loop for whatever reason. And I get that. The, the film's not for you. Yeah, that's true. And like you said, the the language was funny, but it was kind of alienating when they were using all that 50s kind of slang. 50s, 60s, and 70s slang. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it was all over the place, but there was definitely 50s slang in there. I think there was swing dancing. It just was all kinds of uh, conglomerate of all these things from the past i think brandon brought up a great point another movie that wasn't for us mm-hmm. so i mean and if that's you, fine yeah that's fine so if you can kind of see it through that lens maybe it can be i guess for so you. i did like uh, mark sparling he played the alien i thought he did great there is he plays this big and you said it, there, there was cg in it but his costume looked mostly like it was practical effects so i think there was a little bit of cg but uh he was great he was really charming he's mostly a voice actor and it was cool to see him kind of put on makeup and and be in a film plot wise the party did go a little awry once the aliens showed up and there was a little sex involved a little interplanetary sex and this is something that we are always taking issue with on one to review. Is it for us? Is it is it for is is it something that we should we should have out there? This sort of sexy older sex, or is it something that we as a society should agree that it needs to be behind closed doors? 
And for a PG-13 movie, it was a little risque, especially for this generation with values, like these old-fashioned values. Right. The question is really important. Is the movie made for us? Also, who is the movie made for? Is it for old people? Is it for young people? Is it for people that watched the show when they were younger? It's obviously not for people like Alex, who this is their first time encountering them. Oh, man. Oh, God. Have you guys looked up what Owl Party means? No. Oh. Uh, I'm not going to say it, but you should look it up, what Owl Party means. And also, there's quite a bit of Owl Party pornography. So I guess Owl Party is a thing... All right. Never mind. I don't want to Don't do it at work. Is this is this where you try to turn your head around while somebody's giving it to you? Kind of, but it involves multiple people. Yeah. It's huh. Uh, yeah. All right. I I urge if you are an adult to look up what an owl party is on the internet and uh find out. I don't think it, I don't think the film is based on those words. I think this is like its own alt culture thing that maybe is even based off the original Our Party thing from the 70s. But I don't know. I don't think there's, I don't think it's supposed to be a vulgar title is what I'm saying. I think mm-hmm. it's an unfortunate title based on what the first film did. Well, I got it. I mean, this is, the baby boomers had their own weird shit. So this is probably one of their things from the 70s. Everyone was so high back then anyway. Well, it makes me like the film a little more. I don't. I don't know. I don't really have a lot more to say about Owl Party. Uh, do you guys want to go ahead and wrap it up? Do you guys yeah, want to yeah. go ahead I'm and rate, to rate it? Yeah. Okay. I, I unfortunately I have to give it a one. Like I said, I, I just uh, I felt out of the loop. I thought it was it was just a lot of stuff I didn't quite understand. I, I I wanted to though. I really wanted to like the film. I thought the actors did good, but couldn't get into it. So yeah, one point for me for Owl Party two. <clears throat> two points from me, and here's why, guys. It was short and sweet. It was to the point. And it brought back these people that were desperately in need of work, desperately in need of money. So we're helping out the elderly. We're having an owl party. And hopefully this brings about a new sexual revolution, or at least a new sex position for the millennials out there. And they can see how it's really done. Okay, two points for me. Um, I'm going to go ahead. I'll tell you why I'm giving it two points. I'm going to bet on this film as becoming a cult classic in the near future. I think... Future generations will look back at this and say, what an oddball film. Uh, so for me, I'm going to give it two points because I know people in the future are going to probably get to look this up and say, that guy knew what he was talking about. This movie, yeah, it did deserve two points. So two points. Yeah. Well, I guess it would be unethical to our users to mention Brandon brought up betting. We actually did bet that this movie would become a cult classic. So it would be unethical for us to just shill it and then not mention that we actually have some skin in the game on this one. So It's not a lot of skin. It's just a little skin. All right. Five points for John Visker's Owl Party 2. Oh, this is a John Visker movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. You guys can tell. it's Like, I knew that guy. I know that director. And so you can tell his style was in throughout that whole thing. Anyway, yeah. So, five points. Five points. Five candles. Go ahead and open the second package I sent you. It should be kind of like a beige off-white color. Ooh. The one with twine. Scary candles. Yeah, those are Roman candles. Ooh. Ooh, these are scary. Very gothic looking. Yeah. Yeah. Are Uh, those those fireworks, Brandon? 
We've had an issue. No, with... no, these are Roman candles. Not... They're imported from Rome, yeah. yeah. They're fancy. I uh, I had a friend. I know a guy that works at a church. He, he knows a guy. And they, yeah, they're straight from Rome, so yeah, I don't, they might be blessed. They're spooky, that's for sure. They look kind of, uh, yeah, dark and like I said, gothic. Well, spook, right, cool. spook is in the eye of the beholder. It sure is. All right, cool. Putting these on here. All right. Good. All right. There we go. Now, Brandon. Another, another five on. Now, Brandon, do you have any great memories of our good friend Alex here? You wanted that you want to oh, share with tons of great memories. Well, I lived with Alex when uh, college was going on in our lives, and uh, it was a blast. We uh, a fun memory that haunts me even today at work is I got a Skype phone call, and the picture on my Skype phone call is a photo from our driver license at the time. We uh, we both grew mustaches out, and we slicked our hair back, and we wore some sleazy outfits, and we both got our driver license photos with mustaches and slick back hair. And it was quite funny, and it started a little trend. We had a couple friends doing it at times, so even our girlfriends. It, it was quite the funny crew, so that's a good memory. Brad, I was a little worried about you during that period in time. You kind of kept that look for a little too long. I kind of owned that character for a minute. It was fun. Yeah, I know. I remember you grabbed my ass, you grabbed my gooch, said take it easy. I thought, it's like, dude, this isn't you. What's going on? He said on? take it easy. You were saying take it easy a lot. Yeah. Take it easy. Yeah, that was my thing. The old yeah. finger finger snapping with the point and then yeah. doing, doing the fake kiss. Yeah, just a real sexual kind of guy for like a whole, what was that, two, two, three months? No, really? well, mustaches, mustaches will do that to you. That's yeah. why I grow a beard now. The yeah. mustache, the slick back, the deep V's. I will. I gotta those ask you though. Very deep V's. Some of those you had to have made. Those were custom, right? Some of those deep V's. Oh, super! I got my own razor involved. Yeah. It's just so weird. You spent so much time on this. This character. On this. But I'm glad I liked you came it, out yeah. of it. But I do have a question. Did it improve your love life? No, not at all. That's that's a lesson out there for ever all our one two review users. It doesn't help. Just be you. Just be you. Don't, don't be a character for your driver's license or your life. Don't grab your heterosexual male friends at the gooch and tell them to take it easy, toots. Yeah. It's off putting. That to kissing anyone. sounds are fine though to your friends. You can make kissing sounds to your friends. Let's encourage. It cracks me up every time. All right, guys. Let's get to uh. Oh, this is ooh. It's one of our older sponsors. Here we go. I think uh. One of our longest and favorite sponsors, 4hats.com, is ready to unroll their proudest hat, the 4hats.com Baseball Classic. Crafted and designed by their top haberdashers, this American classic sports the sharp, clean 4hats logo and features a high-quality polyethylene snapback size adjustment. Best of all, it's free. To get your 4hats.com hat, use promo code 12review at checkout when purchasing the original 4hats 3hat promo. You'll be emailed a new promo code redeemable for your free hat, which is only good for three hours after arriving in your inbox. Shipping is free as long as you send back a second hat from your original three hat purchase. Supplies are limited, folks, so get to 4hats.com today and celebrate this moment in e-commerce history with the 4hats.com baseball classic. 4hats.com. Finally, hats made simple. All right, the last film that we're going to be reviewing this week is John Voight's Particles of Horror. 
John Voight's Particles of Horror is 27 short horror films starring John Voight. So it's a bunch of, it's a, you know, a series, like I just said, of a bunch of little short horror films. And then it, it's cut between with John Voight kind of talking about them and introducing them and bringing them in. Sometimes he's a crazy character before the introduction or whatever. Sometimes he's himself. Sometimes it's like an AMC show. Like it totally kind of that changes uh, throughout the film as well. Uh, John Voight, I love it. This was, I guess, his baby. He kind of wrote, produced, or he didn't write all the uh, the short films. Those were written by people. They're directed by people. But he produced the whole thing, put it all together. Uh, what did you guys think of it? Boy, oh boy. This was an onslaught of horror and an mm-hmm. onslaught of movies within a movie. Yeah. I was very impressed by the sheer magnitude of this project. To make 27 short horror films and make them all individually unique is an incredible undertaking. Uh, I will say a lot of these movies fell flat, were, I guess, probably too short. A lot of them felt like they were under 45 seconds, some of them 15 to 10 seconds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Short's a short, though. And I guess if you're really trying to push the boundaries on that genre of short, this movie takes the cake. They're particles of horror. So uh, when you say particles, I think of a really small molecular level type of thing. I think that's what's going for these sto- Yeah, a lot of these stories I think were made to be shared. What's better than sharing and scaring, you know? Mm-hmm. Instead of sharing a like, share a spook with your buddy. Yeah, I didn't know he was such a fan of horror, but he he is. And like like you said, yeah, these are the shorts. These are the particles. I think, you know, there's that three second one where he's just kind of screaming. And I think... Yeah, that's a particle of horror is the scream. And so I think that's a whole film dedicated to just that moment that exists in so many horror films. And that was one of the scariest ones to me. John Voight just kind of screaming at you for three minutes into the camera uh, really got me and affected me. You know, three seconds. Yeah, sometimes that shortness was what you needed. I think, you know, sometimes it's hard to take a horror film and crank it into a two hour monstrosity and try to crank out those jump scares and stuff. These just Just cut right to it. You yeah, know? just give me the good parts. Just give me the emotions that I want. I want to see three seconds of someone screaming. I want to three, see three seconds of a ominous mask in the shadows. I want to see three minutes of uh, the woods, you know? How do I you, just want the good stuff. How do, you, how do you turn 15 seconds into a long reveal? It's, it's, it's masterfully done. It's a masterpiece of... 15 seconds when they did and hey look guys we're going to spoil a couple of the of the the particles but the thing is there's so much to this film that we really can't spoil any of it because it's just like you can go back to this and watch it again and again and catch new things one of my favorite is the slow reveal of the bed sheet you guys remember the bed sheet where he's just the bed sheet is slowly pulled away from the hideous face but Mm -hmm. then the hideous face and then even further nice breasts but then even further down no legs what a nightmare uh timothy ray directed one that i really liked where where he's playing i, I think i guess i assumed it was a mother and she, he's cooking that dinner and you never see the mother's face he's cooking this whole meal and he keeps throwing stuff in the pot and the stew and it's just ominous and it's just that it's this ominous and you always want to see like who is this mother who is this mother cooking you never get to see it and something about that was in tune with the psychological horror that i'm into these days you know films like it comes at night films that address a darker deeper more primal again away from the jump scares that said 
couple of great jump scares. There's the four minute dentist one full of jump scares, nonstop jump scares. And I was totally engaged. Yeah, I have actual jump scares every time I hear that drill in the office. Mm-hmm. That damn drill. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious to our users out there that this is a hit with the one to review crew. Anything that really didn't hit home for you guys that really didn't hit the spot with these 27 particles? Yeah, I would. The only thing I'd say is like maybe the clown scene, just because I feel like I don't feel like the clown is a particle of horror. I think it's a more specific like molecule of horror. I think it's a culmination of childhood trauma and a couple other things. So I think if he's breaking down like horror into particles, I feel like that's a too big a chunk. That's all I would argue. I mean, a molecule is a particle. If you want, you know what I mean. It's it's a larger whatever. It's it's too big. I want that particle to be broken down more. I think the other ones were more. Uh, smaller pieces of horror and i feel like the clown is a result of a couple other things i mean to follow your your analogy what you're talking about is ionic horror or molecular horror yeah particle exactly i think particle is more of a broad sense of the genre i think maybe what you're talking about is like a crumlet sure nib whatever you want to call it i think you know what i mean well i mean the whole movie's an amalgamation ions all right you guys ready ready get any more thoughts on it Let's just let's just rate it. I'm going to start off with this, this you know, clearly two points. I, I love horror films. I didn't know how much I liked John Voight until I saw this, and I love his dedication. Reading about it, he's always been a horror guy, and he's been, I guess, boxed out of the horror industry a lot. He doesn't get to do as much horror as he would like to, and so that's why he was like, "Screw you guys! I'm going to make, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it right. I'm going to break it down into these particles." So, solid two points for me. Yeah, Hollywood needs to. Fly the white flag and surrender to John Voight and his 27 Particles of Horror. Two points from me. Definitely check it out. And it's got a lot of replay value, guys. So um, buy the DVD. Buy the buy the hard copy. Brandon? For me, two points. Um, I love horror movies. I love The Twilight Zone. I like Outer Limits. Give me all that. So to even keep breaking that down into little particles, into things that I can pass along to my friends on Instagram or brighten somebody's day on Twitter with a little spook, a little little peek into the life of a John Voight's frightful mind. Uh, joy. Two points. Nice. That's six points. Making for a total of 23 points. Hey, guess what, Alex? You can't rent a car, but you can drink today. You're 23. Very cool. All right. Let's prop these. Uh, what's What are the last candles that we got here? You tell us. Dip your head oh, in that bag. Oh, no way. These are my old candles. Oh, I remember these. These are my childhood candles. Yep. Wow, they're kind of half burned down. Wow. We've been saving them. Um, it kind of no chokes. No way. It chokes me yeah. up. It chokes me up a little bit to think about it. How much time it's been, but. Um, oh, these are from the treehouse birthday, even. Yeah. I remember this. And this is the same kind of cake. Oh, you guys are the best. Yeah. Hey, man, we oh, we love you. You're so. you're. You're one of our best buddies, and we're glad to have you in our lives. So, oh, thanks so much. Long time buds, lifetime buds. And I guess we should and, like these. And one two oh. review would only be a couple percent. I mean, it would be, it would definitely be like a, a, a downgrade, to not have you in this show. Yeah, it would you, still be going strong, but it would oh, not yeah. be. But quite you guys as would good. each have to do ten percent more work each. 
We, we'd be we'd be fine. We'd be fine, but that's because of our users. That's because we have the best. And we probably would have kept Mike on board too. I think your hostility really turned him off. So. Oh, definitely did. You're a great guy, and we love having you around. Well, thanks, guys. Well, Don't hurt like, me. Let's slide these Here's out, to right? another good year. All right, here we go. Make um, a wish. Cool guys, good. That was great. What a good, what a good episode. He didn't overdo it for me, and I appreciate that. Hey, and cool. And guess what, Alex? I got another surprise. When we're done with the show, we're gonna go shoot some hoops down on Venice Beach. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I've even All got right. the little shorts that Wesley Snipes wore that you can have. Oh, can we recreate some scenes? Yeah, from White Men Can't Jump. One of our favorites. Thanks for doing movies. that, Luke. I hate basketball. I do too. I kind of did too. I mean, but I love that movie and I love that scene. I love that movie too. Yeah. I mean, not that scene, all of the scenes. But anyway, all right. All right. Big shout outs to Rab, our Patreon donor. Thank you for your support. Thank you to our fans. And Alex, happy birthday. Thank you for being born. Do you want to hear your name in this spot? Well, you can. Just a reminder Patreon page is up now, hosting us at patreon.com slash one to review. That's one, two, review, all spelled out. You can help us out with a dollar a month, two dollars a month, whatever. It goes a long way, and we can continue to do this for you every week, every Monday. We'll give you a shout-out. We'll even put your name on our website, and it'll be there for all eternity, however long that is. Next week on one, two, review, we will be reviewing some awesome films. Alex, what do we have in store? Next week, we've got Bulls and Bears, Switchblade 2, Patheti. Stonehenge to Revelry, Maccabees, Healthy House, and Roadkill Doe. See y'all next week. Thanks so much for listening to 1-2 Review. Thanks. Bye. Bye.